Welcome into a special April Fool's edition of Sportball. I'm your boy Sam. With me, as always, are these two pillars of the modern humanity, Seth and Kyle. April Fool's, uh, none of that. I I didn't mean anything I said. (laughs) (laughs) So this isn't really a special edition of Sportball? No, which our listeners should expect by now. Yeah. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday, April 1st, as I I, uh, alluded to. Thank you. And um, it's going to be a special episode, I think, because the trade deadline. day? No, we would never talk about baseball in this podcast. (laughs) The the trade deadline has come and passed in the NBA, as has the buyout market. And the landscape, dare I say, has been shifted like a tectonic plate. And by that, it means... Very, very slowly, subtle changes that are practically imperceptible. So yeah, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good analogy then. So this will be our NBA trade deadline reaction extravaganza 2021. Big summer blowout. The first one we have to talk about, <laughs> the first one we must discuss, the first trade, was none other than our own Chicago Bulls of the greater Chicagoland area. Making a splash, really the first trade of the deadline. Uh, we got Nikola Vucevic, and in return, the Magic got Wendell Carter Jr., our center prospect who never plays and is not that good, and two lightly protected, top four protected first-round picks this year and in 2023. And then we threw in Otto Porter Jr., they threw in Alfred Rugominu, salary filler. We both said things that we regret. <laughs> so... <laughs> What were the protections on those? Top four. four. <laughs> so essentially unprotected. Yeah. So the biggest questions for this trade, I think, will be: Is this? Do we like this for Chicago? The direction they're going with this trade, and do we think Orlando got enough for All Star Nikola Vucevic? Kyle, why don't you tee us off and tell me how you like this for the Bulls? We're a few games in. Since the trade happened, I believe four, maybe five. I think four. We are over five, though. <laughs> yeah, we haven't won a game. <laughs> Needless to say, the basketball has looked tremendous. I uh, mean, Levine's been injured too, though. Yeah, to Levine sure. hasn't played every game. Um, but I'm a fan, right? We've been talking about how we thought Vooch, not even thought, how Vooch was an all star. What is he? A, almost a perennial all star at the center position. Almost. He's made one All-Star game, hasn't he? Has he made back-to-back? I think he was last year, too, yeah. Oh, okay. I wouldn't say if that's perennial, but yeah. <laughs> well, for the well, last two years, it is. Yeah, <laughs> the last two years, he's a perennial All-Star. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, Seth has been clamoring for the Celtics to get him, so the fact that Chicago went out and got him in spite of him really just makes the trade that much better. Um, <laughs> that's I the main think... reason you like it. <laughs> exactly. Trading for a center. Um, you know, it's against my core values typically, but it's a nice contract to have. It's a declining contract on, as we've said, a two-time back-to-back all-star. Um, what is it? 24 this year, 22 million next year and 20 the year after. So, um, I think the organization after originally thinking Levine could be a trade piece, um, after kind of what he's shown improvements wise this year, they really seem to be going all in on kind of building around him. So what did they do? 
they went out and got one of the the best statistical pick and roll players in the NBA, right, to pair with him, which is one of the worst things that we were at. I think we were like 24th or 25th in the league in um, pick and roll scoring or roll man pick and roll scoring. Um, Vooch, I think, is top five roll scorer in the NBA. So you get to pair finally, you know, a good big man that knows how to score out of the pick and roll with Zach Levine, who could thrive out of the pick and roll. So um, yeah. <clears throat> our prospects are looking good. We're looking good. Patrick Williams is really looking good too. He, mm. I, I feel like that pairing kind of, I don't know why I, I'm much more comfortable with him out there next to, to Vooch than I have been all season with him next to Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, it does make more sense. I feel like, and I feel like usually I don't even like trades like this where I'm like, okay, what do we, we're not going to be a championship contender we're not tanking. We're going for the middle of the playoffs, but I mean, there's only so long you could rebuild. Right. And we haven't been in the playoffs in so long. And, you know, I think Levine and Vucevic and, and Williams is something. It feels That's like a direction. I think, I think in the next 12 months, they might be considered a big three. <laughs> <laughs> I already know that sentence is going to haunt us. <laughs> in the near future i think i'm joking but well when the bulls are top four next year in the east on the backs of those three on the backs of nemius quita <laughs> <laughs> we will draft in the, in the draft yeah well, i was thinking about Nemeus. i was thinking big about four. yeah <laughs> with nemius it's the big four i was thinking about um I've seen Patrick Williams compared to a young Kawhi. I think they've even called him, the announcers have called him, um, not the claw, but what do they call him? The paw. The paw, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's kind of like Jalen Brown too, where like he has this raw athleticism, great defender, but not very fluid on the offensive end yet. Um, But he's getting there. And he just has a great mid-range floater game. And if he can just bring that out to the three-point line, I think um, I think he's going to complement Levine and Vucevic perfectly. So so I like it a good amount for, for Chicago, especially since that contract isn't too onerous, like you were saying, Kyle. Um, the question on the flip side, Seth, is do you think – do you think that Orlando gave a, got enough for Vucevic? Do you think they, they cashed out at the right time? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, Vuce was – he's at his – at his peak right now he's in his prime and from what i heard um orlando was kind of thinking okay we're gonna keep him you know he's our cornerstone player unless we got an offer that we can't refuse and that's what they got from chicago um so i think they're happy and just diving into a blow it up kind of rebuild after they were already rebuilding but hadn't gotten anywhere um so I think it works out for them and yeah I mean I like it for the Bulls as well like y'all kind of said it's at least make gives the potential that the Bulls can be relevant soon and have some enjoyable games for the fans even if it's not going to be you know championship contenders right away it's something yeah and to your point about Orlando um we should talk about how we feel about that strategy because they did trade Vooch they traded Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier which we'll get to later so they have peeled the curtain back they are they're blowing it up they're going full rebuild and I I think it I think it's time I think it was time right I mean this this core has won two playoff games um Gordon never turned into what they thought he would 
and now they're going to rebuild around Fultz and Isaac and my boy, Chumo Koki, who I will probably be forced to keep in our, di- our dynasty league because he's just so good. So why I'm liking I, their – Why do I feel like now. Aaron Gordon kind of is going to end up with the same exact career trajectory as um, as Blake Griffin? You know, <laughs> well, he was never nearly as good as Blake Griffin. Wasn't Blake Griffin like rookie of the year? I guess I'm just thinking of it in terms of like outrageously athletic, crazy big plays, gets a couple injuries, gets traded. I mean, he's looked great so far for Denver, which we'll get to, but at some point it's just like, he's just going to be a guy on the floor. Well, let's 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 go into that trade now because the Denver Nuggets cash in on Aaron Gordon, and they also got Gary Clark, which Junior. we should which we Not should mention. Guitar. We should mention leads us into the greatest fact of the trade deadline that every single player in the NBA named Gary got traded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of, in return, the Magic got Gary Harris. RJ Hampton, a nice young prospect, and a protected 2025 first from the Nuggets. So I feel like this wasn't as great of a return for them, um, for Gordon. But like you said, Kyle, I think at this point, I don't think anyone will disagree with me when I say he, he just kind of is who he is, right? When he came into the Magic, it was kind of like he kind of wanted to be that facilitator, that LeBron, that Luka, that face of the franchise kind of guy. I think we all realize at this point that's not – his destiny basketball wise, right? His destiny is pretty much what he's going to be in the nuggets, right? You're the fourth, fifth option on offense, play elite defense on whoever the the good wing is on the other team. And you, you cut, you hit open shots. And so I think he's going to be a good fit for them. Kyle, do you think this, this really legitimately improves the nuggets chances to make the finals this year? I'd say so. Yeah. Cause I mean, like you mentioned, right. With the magic, he was never like a, a tertiary option, really even like a secondary option. He was essentially their go-to guy for a while. And that's just not the player he's cut out to be. When you get to be part of a team where you don't need to be the sole guy on offense, you just have to, you know, hit your cuts, catch the ball, dunk it, or shoot a wide open three, it makes the game much easier. You get to focus your efforts a lot more on the defense end defensive end right which is another reason that they went out and got him um right when when he's on the floor with that with the other starting four it really allows them to you know like you said put um put gordon on the best you know wing player on the other team and essentially hide michael porter jr on whoever on the other team doesn't do much which is exactly what they need we know Michael Porter Jr. is not great on the defensive end, so, um, but I, I feel like it's almost like the perfect fit, right, to be in that role for Aaron Gordon, especially at this point in his career. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a huge – I mean, we've seen it. They've only played, what, two or three games, but they've looked incredible with that that new starting five so far on the floor, so – I'm excited. We don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers too, right? Going down the season with LeBron out, 
with AD out. Um, you know, if if things break the wrong way, they could be looking at like a play-in game. And then you have to face, you know, the Clippers or or the Jazz most likely in the first round. And there's no guarantee that they make to the second round. So I like I, – I lo- obviously love Denver to make it again to the finals. And I was saying this the other day, what happens when it's Denver and Brooklyn in the finals, essentially my two favorite teams, one from each league uh, from each um, West and the East. Yeah. Conference. There you go. I almost said division. I'm, I'm all in the baseball already. So um, yeah, that's going to be tough for you. I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I know it's going to happen. You're going to have to put yourself in a hyperbaric chamber and come out when the series is over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come out three years later and ask just just ask which which of those two teams won three three uh championships in a row. Uh, Seth, do you like this for the Nuggets too? They're really replacing that that Jeremy Grant role that they lost uh, in the offseason, right? Yeah, it's a little bit ironic since they essentially had a, a player perfect for that role already, but they tried to keep him and he wanted to go to Detroit. So uh, I think this is a good replacement for them, and a lot of people have been talking about how good. Aaron Gordon is a cutting and who better to have than Nikola Jokic to, to find him on those cuts. So I think it really launches Denver into that top tier of title contenders in the West. Um, they had really picked it up starting even before um, the trade deadline. <clears throat> and so now they're sitting at 29 and 18 um, in fifth place in the West and Lakers are still one above them, so we expect them to fall at least a few spots. Um, so looking like they'll have at least home court advantage in the first round. Um, and I think they're as well positioned as anybody to make it all the way. Yeah, I think that with the injuries to LeBron and Davis, that really the door creaked open right in the West. And so they're able to take advantage of that now. On the flip side for Orlando, not as good return, but to be expected when you're selling Gordon, not at his peak, I would say. And um, people kind of knew he was he was available, so that, that brought the price down. So I think they did fine. Orlando did. I don't think they're going to get much more for him. Um, and now, if you're Orlando, your hopes rest in the lottery odds, right? And you have not been lucky there in years past, which is – part of the reason you're having to tear it down right i mean they were yeah. one pick after Joel Embiid, one pick after trey young uh they whiffed on mo bamba you know they could have had they could have had wendell carter jr instead of mo bamba in the first back place picks yeah so the whole direction of they, the magic franchise changed though if they do land even a top yeah. three pick you in land this a draft Cunningham, you land a jalen suggs i guess even if I don't know where he fits in, but then you just build around him, Evan Mobley, right? Any of those three, those are, could be, um, you know, completely uh, change really what your, your short-term plans are as an organization. Picture this. All right. Markel Fultz, Cade Cunningham, my boy, Chuma, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter. The rebuild stops there. one year in (laughs) all right let's let's hit a couple more trades here because eventually we do have to get to south celtics so he can tell us how he loves the the foot disease of fournier 
Victor Oladipo first finally made to Miami after years of circling it. Uh, years of being. <laughs> yeah. So he made it out of Houston and the return. Not great guys. Uh, so <laughs> Miami got Victor and they gave up Kelly Olenek, uh, Thor, Walmart Thor himself, Avery Bradley, and a 2022 first round swap rights, which as I understand it, basically allows them to swap their Nets pick with a heat pick if they want. So you're looking at probably two end of the <laughs> end of the round picks either way. So uh, not a great return for Houston. I think we've lamented often on this podcast, so I don't necessarily think we have to hammer it, but didn't get a lot for James Harden uh, when it comes down to it. And they could have had Karis LeVert instead or Ben Simmons, which I think we all agree that we would have preferred. So, you know, Victor Oladipo is an expiring contract. No one knows they can re-sign him. He doesn't, he hasn't looked great. So did not get much in return for him. So I want to focus on the Miami side here. Do you think this kind of vaults them into, we know the top three in the East, right? We know the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers, but, you know, could you wake up come Eastern Conference Finals times and not be surprised to find the heat there, Seth? To not be surprised to find the heat there? Yeah, I could wake up in that state of mind. After the hyperbaric chamber <laughs> that you and Kyle shared. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the Heat have been one of those teams that has had some bad luck with COVID and other injuries. Um, and so I feel like we've kind of been expecting them to like turn it around all season. Um, so they haven't fully, uh, fulfilled that expectation, I would say, but I mean, I just feel like considering what they did in the bubble last year, we can't count them out in the playoffs. At, at any point um i don't know it's kind of like the opposite of the bucks where the bucks keep showing us every regular season that they're one of the best teams in the league and then in the playoffs they crumble so it's like the heat are kind of the opposite for me right now yeah and you know you give up kelly olenic for a chance at victor Depot to be even 80 percent of his all-star self you do that 100 percent of the time right you have to that's yeah. exactly, he took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly and what I was going to say. He doesn't even necessarily have to be his all-star self. Now he's looking at, you know, Jimmy and Bam are the first options on that offense. He can fit right in there um, as the third, fourth option, which I think he's perfectly suited for. So I think really what a deep run for Miami actually revolves around is the health and the, uh, the play of Goran Dragic, right? Mm-hmm. If Goran's coming off the bench the way and performing the way he was in the bubble and in the playoffs last year before he got hurt, adding Victor Oladipo to that too, that's a dangerous team. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's exactly what they traded Victor for, right, was to, to have a shot at it this year because you don't know if he's going to come back. He's going to be back next year. But like you said, to have the opportunity to give up just Kelly Olenek and essentially nothing else for the most part for a chance at that even 75, 80% of an all-star Victor Oladipo do it a hundred times out of a hundred times. It's going to be absolute bloodbath, even in the second round of these playoffs. I mean, you're going to have, you know, one of those three, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers are going to play each other before the conference finals. And then you have the heat in there too. Right. 
and um, dare I say the Celtics. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> After they, they win their play in against the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to, I do want to hit one more time on the Rockets. You look, you look around at what they got, right? I mean, they don't have any picks that are, that are juicy even, you know? Atrocious. Yeah. So An embarrassment. I had to lambast them one more time. <laughs> they, uh, I really, yeah. they before destroyed we, their franchise. Yeah. Before we get to um, Seth's precious Celtics, one more thing I wanted to hit on is Rondo to the Clippers. One of those kind of on the fringes move that might actually make a difference in the playoffs. Rondo traded to the Hawks for Lou Williams in two seconds. So, okay, Lou for the Hawks, fine. Probably makes helps them make a playoff push. The real question in my mind is, does adding Rondo impact the Clippers' chances to get to the finals? What do you guys think? Maybe. Can't hurt, right? <laughs> so, I think a lot of people um, in the wake of this trade have been – talking about how Lou Williams has been awful in the playoffs really his whole career. And so I think on its face, you would say at this point in their careers, like Lou Williams is a much better player than, than Rajan. And he's a perennial six man of the year candidate. So why would they trade him away? But clearly they're just looking for playoff performance. And I think more than that, a change in the locker room because there's been something going on in the chemistry there the last two years and they needed to make some kind of change. I'm not entirely convinced that Rondo that just adding Rondo to the mix is going to do that. Um, With, with Kawhi and Paul George being the kind of soft-spoken leaders that they are. And with Paul George's own documented playoff struggles I don't know. It doesn't give me a lot of confidence in them after what we saw last year, but I could also see it being like, yeah, they choked last year. They needed to get one year with that group under their belt. They've made some changes now and who's to say they couldn't, you know, make it to the finals. Um, Yeah. So that's a little bit of a wishy-washy answer, but I guess I just just still have them in that group. Yeah, I, I feel doesn't... like both conferences this year, at this point in the season, at least, there's like a top four. Yeah, that are all you could see really any of them making it. Maybe in the East, you could you could say like Brooklyn is in a tier of their own, but but even even if you say that, like I, I would like to see KD come back healthy and similarly with the Lakers and LeBron and AD, right? But yeah, I think. I'm a little bull. I'm pretty bullish on this for them just because it was just kind of a, an easy thing to do. They weren't going to be able to get in the Lowry sweepstakes with what they had. They weren't even really able to get Rubio, which was rumored as well. So, you know, to give up Lou, who to, to give up playoff Lou for playoff Rondo is, is quite the trade-off. And um, sure. I think he fits what they need more, just someone to facilitate and, and they don't, they're not getting any shots at the rim. I think he can help with that. Um and you know what? He was the Lakers' third best player last year in the playoffs, and they won the title. So <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen again, but I do it think speaks he'll speaks to the depth of the Lakers, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I do think I do think he'll make a positive contribution come playoff time. Isn't 
Isn't at this point, outside of the playoff uh, experience, though, Terrence Mann just Rajon Rondo reincarnated? I don't know how much Terrence Mann you guys have watched, but I've been a fan since he got in the league last year. Big Terrence Mann I was big on him and Kevin Gelly. R.I.P. Kevin Gelly's soul. Mafiando. I'm going to make it there. Yeah. Mafiando, Kevin Gelly. He hasn't even played for the Kings yet. I've been pissed. He's not very good. That's probably why. I can't wait until he makes an all NBA team in four years. <laughs> I cannot wait. If Mafia and Calvin Gelly makes an all NBA team, I'll get his face tattooed on my ass. Deal. I'll, I'll do it too. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think man should get playoff minutes too. I think he's just another piece, right? That they needed and they didn't need Lou really when come playoff time. So, but like Seth said, still in the same range that I had them in before. Luke Kennard has found his shot recently too, so that that I think that kind of alleviated right the need for any type of Lou Williams off the bench scoring. Once the Clippers are fully healthy again, you'll have Kennard coming off the bench and giving you more production than what Lou's been able to give you as of late, anyway. So, I t- I texted Sam the other day because I was watching a basketball game and the home announcers were getting a little wild. <laughs> and one of them said as they like to do yeah yeah one, one of them said he is a supernova <laughs> in regards to luke Kennard, <laughs> like i could give you a hundred guesses on who that player was that he's referencing and you wouldn't get it and it was luke Kennard. <laughs> fucking luke Kennard, dude uh i want good things for him though he's a fellow receding hairline man so only good yeah. things for him uh finally seth we must, I suppose, touch on your beloved Celtics adding Evan Fournier for two second-round picks. Yeah, again, green, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, we can get this out of the way first. Pretty bad return for the Magic, but they didn't – I mean, they just they did no it year, They did a year too late, yeah. Um, Seth, how do you like it for the Celtics? How are you enjoying his two-for-20 start so far? <laughs> yeah, so, so far uh, he's played two games for us. He's shooting 19% from the field and 0% from three. So anytime you can add a player who's going to give you that, I think you got to do it. For two Absolutely. First picks. Um, he's also only the, the fourth player in the shot clock era to go to shoot 10 shots and not make any of them, or at least 10. What? <clears throat> wow. I would think there'd be more people. And that list. I, let me let me double check that I'm not saying no, you're right. that wrong. But I want the list of all of them. Same stat. And I want one of them to be Josh Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle will get us a list. Right, um, no, but I mean, obviously, it's two games. He's he's adjusting to his new circumstances. Uh, he's maybe pushing a little too hard, trying to let and hasn't really hit his stride. Assuming they at the level that he's been playing for the Magic, I think it's up else. And similar to what you're talking about with Rondo, the Lakers, it's like less to do with Fournier. Excuse me. It's less Fournier and more to do who he's replaced. So any competent player and play make clip. 
it's Lejolet, Teague, Williams, Green, Aaron e. Smith, any of those players is going to be a, a massive step up. So uh, I think it'll be good for them. Um, would have been nice. Would have been nice to get Gordon Hayward instead. Who we already had, not get. Obviously, we weren't going to get him, but it would have been nice to just have him instead of that the Fournier minutes. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really that's that's what I was saying. I wanted Harrison instead of a center. Like, just give me someone other than other than Javante Green, Sammy Ojale, Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, please. So I think in the long term, it'll it'll be good for you guys to make that push out of the play in at least. But the big acquisition they got that no one's even mentioned, Luke Cornett. MVP of the team <laughs> the last two games. He has been like... Really what the Celtics need, though, they just need Fournier to essentially become Jordan Clarkson for them, right? Yeah. Six man off the bench. Only worry about scoring for the most part and let Tatum or Brown, whoever he's playing with, kind of be the distributor. Yeah, we're lucky Clarkson's still alive, it sounds like, even because the, Those the, damn jazz, birds, dude. the jazz playing nearly got down due to birds, yeah, and the engine started on fire or something. So Jordan Clarkson said there were 30 seconds there when everyone was like, well, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh, but uh, you know how scary that must have been? Dude, that would have been like, terrifying. And 20 other people on a, on a huge plane, and you just see one of the engines burning. <laughs> dude, oh, my God, I can't imagine. But lucky they're all safe, so. But um, yeah, I think I think that was a good addition for you guys, given what was available. Um, the one player that didn't move at the deadline, we should mention quick, is Kyle Big Butt Lowry, who stayed put in Toronto, despite basically everyone assuming he was gone at the deadline. This is the biggest this is the biggest fake I can remember in trade deadline in some, so many years. He literally did the peace sign on his way out of his last game or what he thought was his last game. And Drake FaceTimed him during his press conference to offer his best wishes. And yet he stayed on the team. So <laughs> I think the only reason he wasn't traded was Taylor Horton Tucker too. Yeah. So we should go. We get, I think the big, one of the big reasons was the contract was hard to trade 30 million. You had to get up to that. Um, it seems like the Sixers heat and Lakers were all on the table. Seems like it fell apart for the Heat because I'm guessing the table they fell apart from all yeah. those teams being on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly why it fell apart from the Heat. They probably just wanted Old Depot much cheaper if they had to give up Duncan Robinson or some of them. For the Sixers, it seemed like they didn't want to give up Maxi Tyable and a first round pick. The Lakers, it seemed like they didn't want to give up Schroeder, Tillian Horton Tucker, and KCP. The um, report was that they wouldn't put Taylor Horton Tucker in that deal. Right. Which, <laughs> Which is an outrageous thing to not give an unestablished player that's only played well in the preseason say he's off limits for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> yeah, I would have done it. Although I would have been a I would have been more squeamish about giving up Schroeder, like I was telling you guys right, yesterday. Yeah. Because Schroeder, they they want to resign in the offseason, I think. And it's like I was saying, you guys, it's rare to get a point guard like in his prime when you're a team with two superstars like that with no cap space. So I'm so glad you guys are finally talking about Dennis Schroeder the same way I've been talking about Dennis Schroeder since he entered the league. <laughs> well, I'm never going to be talking far. about him the same way you're talking <laughs> about him. You had drafted him in a draft of basically the top 50 players of all time. <laughs> we had five people drafting teams of 10 and you drafted Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Stick to my guns. It was the right pick. 
course. And it's he's proven it now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think I would have done that deal anyway if I were the Lakers. Seth, you you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I would have done it. I mean, I think there's some consideration to protecting the future. Um, and you don't know if Kyle's going to resign there, or if they'd be able to offer him the money that he would want. But it's also like, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And this is one year that you don't want to waste. And I think it would be really hard for any team to beat a healthy Lowry, LeBron and Davis team. So I would have done it. I mean, I just think the upgrade is enough where you go for it for this year, but same time, like they could still win it without them. So maybe it won't matter. Yeah. It's an interesting line. They're trying to walk between keeping the future and contending for championships. Now Yeah. Um, we got to hit buyouts real quick. There's been a lot of kerfuffle around the league about these buyouts and a lot of mindless drivel being <laughs> being argued from both sides. Let me just tell you right now what happens, okay? So LaMarcus and Blake went to the net, Blake Griffin went to the Nets, Andre Drummond went to the Lakers. Okay, is this really that much of a competitive advantage for the Lakers and the Nets? I mean, Blake and LaMarcus are washed, right? The only way they could be positive contributors is as a fifth option or even eighth man off the bench, right? And that's what they will be with these teams. Whereas with their teams before, the teams didn't even want them because they're these wash players and they're trying to get young. Same with Andre Drummond, right? So the player didn't want to be in the old team. The team didn't want him there. And now this and everyone's acting like there's just so much there's just so much talk around these buyouts that is so dumb to me. It's like everyone's like, wow call it Blake and LaMarcus on the nets. It's like, okay, you obviously don't understand what you're talking about. Like sure. They'll contribute, but it's not like game over because you have two former all-stars that are now don't have one knee between their four that they're supposed to have. So <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just like DeMarcus cousins a couple of years ago for the Warriors. Yeah. Like it's not going to do anything. No. I mean, they'll, I'm sure like in the playoffs, Blake I mean, and, yeah, it'll do, it'll, <laughs> They'll play minutes in the playoffs with Blake and LaMarcus depending on matchups, but it's not like yeah. it swings the tide or anything. I don't know. I feel like we all understand what's going on and we have pointless arguments about these buyouts. I mean, in terms of the Nets, the two players they got, I think it's an upgrade to their front court depth, which is something they really didn't have, right? For sure. You were essentially relying on either Andre Drummond or not Andre Drummond. Um, Nick Claxton. I was going to say Nick, Nick Claxton. DeAndre Jordan. He's worth it. DeAndre Jordan. That's, I was going to say the guy that went to almost went to the Mavericks and got locked in a house for a couple <laughs> days and then just got <laughs> sent back. Well, that could be anyone. Yeah, I, I, you know what I do really hope, though, is LaMarcus doesn't take too many wins away from Claxton because I'm starting to like him. Claxton's fun. He's explosive. He's got some athleticism. But, I mean, it really doesn't matter, I guess, essentially, really, who else is on the court, right, when you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie, James Harden, and uh, not talked about enough still Joe Harris. Yeah. And it's like now with, with the fifth player is right. And they can cycle through anyone who fits the matchup they're playing. So, yeah. 
Um, what about Drummond on the Lakers? Do you guys think um, do you guys think he'll be closing? Probably not. Probably AD at the five will be closing, but I think he's going to get especially a lot of regular season minutes as those guys are both injured, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, I guess it depends when he comes back. He, I think, sprained his big toe his first oh, yeah. game with the team. So you don't need that though, right? He's only going to be out like two games. I think they said. Um, I mean, he's a walking. Uh, He's a walking Barbara Walters for the most part, right? He really he is. leads the league in, in Barbara Walter games since he's been in by like almost 20 something games, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, he's I think I think he will play some meaningful playoff minutes for them. I think it might be tough to have him in at the end because it's free throws, kind of like they didn't have Dwight in at the end, really, in most games. Um, but I think he's gonna help them they're trying not to basically lose every game when LeBron and AD are out, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you're talking about That's them the sliding to the, the play. And like, this team is terrible without those two. So I think that'll help in that regard, at least playoff positioning. Any more thoughts on the, on the buyouts? We're just, it's time. It's the Nets time. We know that though. So I guess this is a good time to take stock under your head. Who do you see in the finals? Nets, hands down. And I'm I want I want I'm gonna say Denver. Um so you will if, be in a hyperbaric chamber, that is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. I ordered it already on Amazon. Um I know I've been saying all year long how it's we're gonna have two more finals uh with the Lakers. But that was not what that that was before the injuries happened. So. I always knew you'd hop off the train, even after you came crawling back to me saying, "Can I rejoin the Lakers bandwagon?" If they and both, I said no. if AD and LeBron <laughs> both didn't get injured, I yeah. would still say the Lakers For would sure. be in the finals. But we don't know exactly when LeBron's going to be back. We don't know where they're going to be, who they're going to have, you know, matched up with. So give me, I, give me big honey all day, every day. I would say. If you give me the caveat that LeBron and AD are healthy come playoff time and they have not slipped past six, I will still take the Lakers first. And I will begrudgingly also agree that I would be actually a little surprised if the Nets don't make the finals at this point. And I hate saying that out loud, but I did. Seth, do you agree? Yeah, I've been thinking about who I'm going to pick for our annual playoff pool and I think I'm going to go with the reverse strategy of what I had last year and try to reverse jinx some teams so I'll just pick the Lakers and the Nets every round um, and then be happy either way so to be clear Um, you don't do any of these picks based on any sort of knowledge or strategy it's just (laughs) it's just strategy (laughs) for the the matchups where I don't have an exceeding amount of bias that's seeping into them then i try to think about rational facts so what is that like two matchups per year yeah (laughs) um yeah so i mean the nuts look like definitely the best team in the east that's undeniable at this point i do wonder if we give like is kevin durant more injury prone than we kind of talk about like i feel like anthony davis has this kind of label of like not super reliable but i think kd is i mean kd had one severe injury that took 
over a year to come back from, right? And then now I, like I don't, I don't know. There's stuff before that too, though. Like not never miss playoff time, I don't think, but like during the year, different, different. I think another thing there. too, another reason I, I think that we really haven't seen Durant come back yet from his current injury is just the fact that they don't need him. They don't need to rush him back. So right. why do it? Let him rest as much as humanly possible. Yeah, and I think if they didn't come have... back with enough time to kind of get back to that game strength, come playoff yeah. time, let him be fully healthy. Yeah, I think if they didn't have Harden and Kyrie and they weren't, and he wasn't coming off an Achilles, I I think that this would have been like a two three week injury. But he's somewhere between like Harden and LeBron. Wouldn't they, they never get injured? And AD getting injured, I feel like you know he's had his injuries. But yeah, I think we're hurtling towards the Nets. Uh, Lakers championship if everything if everyone is not injured so Seth look forward to that um quickly before we go out I want to talk about March Madness and just refresh our listeners of what's going on it's been very enjoyable um surprises so far best parts of the tournament for you guys what are your thoughts so far I mean our boy Nemius did let us down in the first round so that was disappointing but our other boys of Ohio did win Kyle so that was good yeah, that was great, especially after loyal listener Matt uh, flat out said there's no chance they win. Uh, so so yeah. far, Matt has said there's no chance that <laughs> that three things happen, that they win, that Michigan <laughs> wins, and that what was the other one? I don't know, but he's been wrong all three times. So if yeah. Matt says there's no way something's going to happen, then you know it's going to happen. Yeah, it was so that was that was great watching our boys, uh, the the Bobcats of Ohio, win that first round game. Really had high hopes for the second game too. Um, just couldn't close it out. Oral Roberts, it really exciting. I must say, must yeah, Oral Roberts, obviously, right? <laughs> they could have, they could, they could have been in the Elite Eight too. Um, really, yeah. you know, they went scoreless at the end of the the Sweet Sixteen game for maybe like four minutes. Um, and at the end though, really couldn't have asked for a better shot for the most part. Um, you, have great look. The, you have the leading score in college in the country, get essentially what was a, a wide open three for the most part. I don't know what the, they had them doubled too. I don't know if they ran, I think they might've ran into each other. Um, yeah. And if you have that shot, I'd say out of 10 times, Ace Miss is hitting that seven out of 10 times. And that Can someone explain to me why his name is spelled A-B-M-A-S and then it's just an S instead of a B when you pronounce it? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Seth, your, Seth, your boys, Syracuse, made it farther than my fighting Illini and they made it all the way to the Sweet 16. How you, How'd you feel about that? Were you excited? I was excited, and then you told me you weren't even chewing for them after I spent many a text cajoling you and and caring consoling for me. you after consoling. That's the word after the line I lost. Um, yeah, I mean, it's honestly like I said in the the last podcast we did. It's like zone defense is hard for a lot of teams to adjust to. Syracuse does this a lot, where they look mediocre during the season and then make a March Madness run. So, so they did. Um, obviously, came up short, but played pretty well. 
Um, destroyed by my Houston boys. Couldn't make threes against Houston in that game. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel satisfied for sure. I do not. Thanks for asking. Um, final four predictions. Who do you think is going to win? I'm going Gonzaga because I just they just seem like they're like a G League level team. I don't even know. Like they, I was watching I them play. Watching them. <laughs> I was watching them play USC this weekend, and it was like watching two different sports. Like they're just so much better than them. So I don't know. I don't see anyone being them. But I mean, it's March. Anything can happen. But they seem pretty unbeatable. Which two sports did it look like you were watching? One looked pickleball. like handball, and oh, the other one looked like yeah, pickleball. Correct. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and which one was Gonzaga playing? Pickleball, obviously. <laughs> of course. You didn't tell us who you think is winning between Baylor and Houston. I'll take Baylor because Kyle's gonna say Houston. I have Houston winning it all, so yeah. I'm yeah, Baylor. Say Houston. Probably North. Obviously, <laughs> as well. I mean, they already beat the second best team in the tournament, Syracuse. So yeah. if they can beat them. They can beat anybody. Exactly. Houston's road to the final four consisted of no team lower than a 10 seed. <laughs> no team higher than a 10 seed. Depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they played all double digit seeds, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. So, far. so are they even good? Is that the first time? Great. Ever? Yeah. It was yeah. the first time ever. Yeah. They're great. The boy Jeru doesn't even have two hips at this point, but he's, you know, still putting in that work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think we do have to talk about too the upset uh of the second round what the hell happened oklahoma state you have the number one pick in the nba draft he clawed you back after a second half deficit stolen inbounds passed hit a three in someone's face to cut the lead to three and then you went five possessions in a row without giving him the ball <laughs> it was and like watching by double digits it was like watching the pelicans and zion at the end of games <laughs> yeah it was very frustrating Cade's gonna be incredible to watch Cade and jalen suggs are gonna be so fun to watch in the nba Cade Cunningham, markel fultz jonathan isaac <laughs> let's go baby <laughs> All right. Well, that was our NBA trade deadline reaction extravaganza 2021 with a little March Madness sprinkled in. Hope you guys enjoyed. Any final thoughts, boys? Never. Lewis Robert uh, just scored on a pass ball and broke his what had to have been $250,000 chain on the run in. Just what shattered. the fuck is he talking about? Why would his chain have been that much money? No way he plays with a $250,000 chain, right? He has at least four of them on, yeah. He definitely... well, you have you have the that expensive ones, but you don't put them on to play, you know? No, you put them on the play when you have that kind of money and that kind of swag. Are you talking about poker? <laughs> no, that's Daniel Negreanu. Oh my god, this has really gotten off the I rails. Have no semblance of what is happening in this conversation. We just had anymore. MLB draft last night. <laughs> and one of my players already got sent to the minor leagues in the next day. Oh change. Seth just got it. Good. <laughs> All right. Well everyone have a safe money, so. safe and happy April Fool's Day because it already happened when this comes out. Happy Easter though. On the third day, he did rise. On the third day, he did (laughs) rise again. Who thought it ever makes sense?